This episode of Superman of the Bronze Age is sponsored by InStock Trades. A mainstay of the collected edition market, InStock Trades has over 13,000 individual trade paperback, graphic novel, and hardcover titles in stock and ready to ship, all at great discounted prices. Most orders ship within 48 hours, and orders over $50 ship for free. You can find them on the web at www.instocktrades.com. Rocketed as a baby from the exploding planet Krypton. Kal-El grew to manhood on Earth, whose yellow sun and lighter gravity gave him fantastic superpowers. In the city of Metropolis, he poses as TV newsman Clark Kent, but battles evil all over the Earth and beyond as Superman. Superman. This is Superman Superman in the the Bronze Age. Age. Episode 109 of Superman in the Bronze Age. My name is Charlie Niemeyer, and today we're going to look at part two of Master Jailer's debut in Superman. But first, we've got a couple of emails to go over. First up comes to us from Russell Bragg, over on, uh, who posted a comment over on the site at supermaninthebronzeage.com. And he writes, Kaka, Charlie, another stellar episode was 108, and I'm sure 109 will be the same. Well, well, thanks, Russell. I always liked this two-part Superman story, but I like the cover to Superman 332 better. It reminds me of the Superman radio episode where Superman gets caught in the House of Mirrors when he goes looking for the Batman and Robin. If you remember the story arc called Dr. Blythe's Confidence Gang, which I do not. But I'm sure it's pretty good. Not to spoil, but I like that Lana gets put in her place at the end of the issue, or at the end of this story. I'm going to start calling you the rich little of our generation. First you do Edith Bunker, and on the last episode you did Thurston Howell III. Ah, that's the name. You should go on the stage. Guess that's all for now. Take care, Russell. Well, thank you, Russell. I have to tell you that if I did go on the stage, I would just be standing there frozen in terror. So it probably wouldn't be a good idea. But, But thank you for the kind words, I think. I have to look up Rich Little. But anyway, thank you. Our next email comes to us from Jason J. in Canada, our neighbor to the north. He writes, Hello, Charlie. I hope all is well. To get myself in the mood to comment on your fantastic podcast, I was just watching a couple of episodes of the Superman Adventures. You know, the one where Clark says in a deep voice, This looks like a job for Superman. Anyway, issue 331 was pretty interesting, and I can't wait to see where the story of Carl Draper goes from here. 
Also, wasn't it curious when the Man of Steel had his boots off and was shown not wearing socks? Of course, I guess Superman does not have to worry about things like sweat, smell, or athlete's foot, right? Again, I appreciate the work you do for your podcast, and thank you sincerely, Jason J. in Canada. Well, thank you, and thank you for the kind words, Jason. Uh, no, Superman does not have to worry about sweat or anything associated with it, so I guess he doesn't really need to worry about wearing socks under the boots, but it is kind of weird. In fact, fellow podcaster Bob Fisher, who has taken over Superman Forever Radio uh, from J. David Weeder, uh, he also commented on Facebook about how... He wasn't wearing any socks under the boots, which means, well, possibly, uh, that they could be sock boots, not boots, like in Superman Returns, not socks, like, you know, socks, but sock boots. I guess that makes sense. So I want to so thank you also to Bob for commenting on the episode, and thank you for to Jason and to Russell for writing in. Uh, so. Next up is a couple of promos, and then we'll get right into Superman number 332. Superman of the Bronze Age will be back after these messages. It started as an idea, a flicker. Now with a simple voice email to the Superman of the Bronze Age podcast, that flicker has become a flame. Now, Russell, you're ready to start a podcast. Yep, you're ready to go. Yes, start it, and then and then we can email you. Whoa. And Russell has been, you know, the most consistent emailer. I think it's time that he does start a show. DC Comics presents. You know, after Dave's done, and I mean, you're not covering every issue, so he could do all of them. I would highly recommend that, actually. That would be awesome. So there you go, Russell. Go for it. I can't wait to hear his reaction to this. this <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, here's your response. The DC Comics presents show, hosted by me. Russell Bragg. On each episode, I will cover one issue of DC Comics Presents in publishing order until I reach the end of the series. I will also be covering all four annuals. Plus, I will be doing a character spotlight on each of Superman's guest stars, and I will be going to the spinner rack to see what other comic books were available. Join me each episode of the DC Comics Presents show. Please go to the show's website at www.dccpshow.com. For more information, that's D-C-C-P-S-H-O-W. My name is Bob Fisher, and I host a podcast called Superman Forever Radio. In every episode, I'll take an aspect of this character's long history and talk about it, from 1938 to the present day. From the comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, Superman has been part of my life for over 50 years, and if you'd like to know why, Join me for each and every episode of Superman Forever Radio. So point your favorite podcatcher to Superman Forever Radio. That's Superman Forever Radio. SupermanForever.com We now return to Superman and the Bronze Age. Superman number 332 had a cover date of February 1979 and an on-sale date of November 26, 1978, so right about Thanksgiving, with a cover price of 40 cents. The title of this story is The Eternity Cage, written by Marty Pasco, penciled by Kurt Swan, inked by Frank Sciaramonte, lettered by Ben Oda, colorist was Adrian Roy, and editor was Julie Schwartz. 
After recapping last issue, Draper, also known as the Master Jailer, gives Superman a chance to escape from his trap. All he has to do is make his way through a maze of mirrors. Superman takes him up on it, using his belt buckle to scratch the mirrors so that he can keep track of where he's been. But after a few turns, he reaches a dead end. But before he can backtrack, the path behind him is blocked by a trap door. And then, water starts shooting out of some nozzles above him. Back in his control room, Draper gloats about the trap, but Lana tells him Superman will find a way out. So Draper shows her the power packs spaced throughout the maze, secretly draining Superman's powers, keeping him at a normal human power level. When Lana asks why he's doing this, Draper tells her that it's because he hates Superman, and so should Lana. After all, he strung her along for over 15 years, neither returning nor discouraging her love, and standing between her and one man who does love her, namely, Carl Draper. Meanwhile, Superman is armpit deep in, in this water trap. Noting that one of the mirrored walls sounds like it doesn't have anything behind it, which makes sense because one of them is a trap door from earlier, he scratches it over and over again in the same spot with his belt buckle until it becomes a crack, which causes the wall to crumble under the strain of the water pressure and freeze the former Man of Steel. At about the same time, Draper reveals that he used to be known in Smallville as Moosey Draper and was a classmate of Lana's, and therefore Clark's also. Uh, he was fat, ugly, and clumsy, which made him the subject of teasing and laughter from his fellow students, except for Lana who was nicer and gentle. And while he fell in love with her immediately, she only had eyes for Superboy. Apparently, the final straw was when the geology club went spelunking in the caves outside of, the, outside of town and were trapped by a cave-in. Draper went looking for a way out, which took him about an hour. But when he finally came back to the rest of the group after finding the way out, Superboy was busting in at that same time, stealing both the spotlight and Lana's affections. Not to mention the fact that no one had even noticed that he'd been missing for over an hour. He spent the next 12 years coming to terms with his rage and self-hatred, and in the process started dieting and exercising. And after some plastic surgery on his face completed the transformation, he began studying architecture and worked at becoming a master locksmith also. Combining his two passions, he started designing prisons, with his greatest accomplishment being the Mount Olympus Correctional Facility. But once again, Superman upstaged him and overshadowed his triumph, depriving him of the affections of the woman he loves. That's all told from his point of view, by the way. Back in the maze, Superman has heard this whole story thanks to Draper leaving his microphone on, but really can't deal with it right now because he's reached the center of the maze, which is a round room with a platform going around it. Below is a pit of live anacondas, and on the platform with Superman, a hungry panther that looks like he hasn't eaten for days, judging by the saliva. Since the chasm is too wide to jump across, Superman has to deal with the panther directly. Fortunately, his costume is still indestructible, and while the panther breaks some teeth on his sleeve, Superman removes, some, removes his cape and wraps it around the panther's neck, pulling hard enough to stop the blood supply to its brain so it's only knocked out but not killed. Quickly, Superman continues and eventually finds his way out, but as he exits the maze, he hits an, he's hit by an energy blast from a power pack. While he's knocked out, the Master Jailer reveals that the maze is on a giant turntable, and as he flips the switch, it completely spins around, sending Superman back to the beginning of the maze, so he has to go through the whole thing all over again. When Superman comes to, he has amnesia, which means he has to figure out the maze all over again, 
and explains why Master Jailer calls it the Eternity Trap. Also, the traps will be different this time. See, he's at, he has up to 100 different traps set up in the maze, and when he turns the, does the turntable trick, it resets all of them. So Superman's only triggered two of them so far, so he's got to figure out the, refigure those out, plus possibly up to 98 more. So he's got a lot of work ahead of him. Meanwhile, Superman is looking at himself in the mirrors, trying to figure out who the heck he is, and why he's wearing this strange blue and red costume. Searching for pockets in the costume, he finds, a cape, he finds the cape pouch with Clark's clothes. Meanwhile, in the control room, Draper allows Lana to exit the cage she's been in and forces her to kiss him. While kissing, Lana grabs the key ring with the power pack keys and tosses them at the computer console, which overloads it and causes it to explode, also destroying the power pack keys. This is fortunate, as Superman has now changed to Clark. So... Draper doesn't, neither Draper nor Lana learn of his secret. But Clark still does not recognize himself. However, now that he can see the Superman costume on the, laying on the floor correctly, rather than in a mirrored image, he remembers exactly who he is. So he switches back to Superman and punches the wall, shattering it, letting him know that his powers are back, thanks to the fact that the computer no longer works, therefore the power packs are no longer absorbing his powers. As Draper threatens to make Lana pay for what she's done, Superman busts in. But instead of going after the villain, he punches the cave wall, causing several rocks to be sent flying, one of which hits Master Jailer in the head, knocking him out. Three hours later, after turning Draper over to the police, Superman takes Lana to the Hotel Metropoli, or Metropole, or however you say that, where Superman has arranged for her to stay until he can repair her apartment. After Lana is denied a kiss from the Man of Steel, she tells Superman that she pities Draper for thinking that he could, that she could love him just because he loved her, and not realizing that you can't have something just because you want it. Sound familiar? Superman points out that she's been under the same delusion when it comes to the two of them, and reveals that he noticed that she's been chasing after him ever since she returned to Metropolis, not to mention the tricks she's, she's pulled on poor Lois. But... She let any chance they may have had slip away when she failed to keep in contact with him or any of her other friends while she was away in Europe. When she tells him that she loves him, Superman tells her that she only thinks she loves him. What she really loves is the imagined glamour of being Mrs. Superman. And with that, he flies off, leaving her to pound on the window and then slump, crying. Alone. That's a rather dramatic ending for a Bronze Age comic, wasn't it? Let's look at the story real quick here. First of all, we've got this really nice-looking cover. I don't know what it is, but there's something about all this red, yellow, and blue with green mixed in somewhere on the cover that just makes it look cool. I don't know why, but I really like it when they do that. Basically, you've got Superman looking at himself in three different mirrors, and he's like, That face! That costume! They can't be mine! Who did this to me, and why? And, of course, it says, Robbed by his... Robbed of his power and memory, is Superman caught forever in the Eternity Trap? Not really. Especially since it's the Eternity Cage by the story title. Anyway. Um, but it's a beautiful cover by Ross Andrew and Dick Giordano. Superman's the only one in the story. He's the only one you see. Or, not the story, but the cover. He's the only one there. Just several versions of him. It's really nice. Alright, Superman going through a maze, that's not much. I mean, I'm sure he's gone through mazes before. It actually made me think of an old episode of the Batman show. But then the water trap. 
That's just kind of rude. Now, I, it makes me wonder if Moosey Draper was ever a character in any Superboy stories in the past, or if he ever shows up in the future. Uh, I honestly do not remember because I haven't read that much Superboy, and I just I don't remember him showing up in the New Adventures of Superboy, which would have been after this, so who knows. But this his sob story, I kind of do feel bad for him. Um, he's chubby, he's got glasses, uh, no one notices him, except for Lana, although we never see, Lana's just not mean to him, not that he, she doesn't notice him. I, I'm wondering if she was just kind of ignorant of him, or therefore he, she never was actually mean to him. I don't know. But then you get to see him working out. I don't know exactly what the plastic surgery did, other than maybe take away some of his, some of his chins. Maybe. It, I don't know if it's really changed his face much. It's hard to tell. Um, but apparently it fixed his vision, because he can see now without glasses. Or he wears contacts. I don't know. They don't mention that. Uh, let's see. But then um, page 8, Superman has to go up against the panther. That's actually kind of cool. You don't see that being much of a dilemma normally. Uh, let's see. Now, I don't know how he knew on page 10 how this blast from the power pack was going to give him amnesia, but Master Jailer planned that as part of the problem. And of course, it's going to happen every time Superman exits the maze. So, he's going to die. I do like some of the capage we see here. Page. 11. When Superman's trying to get up, his cape is still on the floor because it's longer than his body when it's when he's kneeling down. It's really cool. It's kind of I mean, it's not super capage like oh Todd McFarlane would do, but you know, it's realistically showing you the cape. Now, what gets me though is on page 12 when Master Jailer is going to kiss Lana, why does he have the mask on? He put the mask on specifically for this. You'd think he'd want to actually get a full-on kiss, full on the lips, without the mask in the way, but, yeah, I don't know. It was the 70s. Now, page 15. So, Superman takes Lana to the hotel, and she's going to stay there until he can fix the apartment. Now, I don't know if you all remember, but one of the first issues from Marty Pasco's uh, run involved him repairing a museum in an evening. And so, how long is it going to take for him to fix a little apartment? I don't, I don't really get that. It's not like he's, I mean, is he going to be busy? Maybe take a few hours? I don't know. Makes no sense to me. But it is nice that he finally gives Lana the what for, as they say here in Oklahoma, for uh, all the stuff she's been pulling. And <laughs> unfortunately, this this almost gets ignored or something. Maybe they. Uh, that I think they get that their relationship gets better later on, but this does bring an end to the Lana Superman relationship. And but but it's kind of funny because by the time we get to whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, I mean basically in that story, Alan Moore has Superman say that he really doesn't feel like making the want to make the choice between Lana and Lois because it wouldn't be fair to either one of to either one of them, even though he's decided that Lois is the one he loves. But right here, he's made the decision. He doesn't like Lana that way anymore. He loves Lois. So, 
Yeah, that's kind of weird. I'm sure we'll talk about that one of these days. But that's the end of this story with a promise of a new battle with Bizarro next issue. Superman of the Bronze Age will be back after these messages. Tangent, an abrupt change of course. Tangent, to go off suddenly in another direction or on a different line of thought. Tangent, a comic event featuring brand new characters with very familiar names. I'm waking up to action dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals. Lines, the DC Comics Tangent Universe podcast. Find it bi-weekly on iTunes and at greatcrypton.com. In the Tangent Universe, you only know the names. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man. Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. We now return to Superman and the Bronze Age. So let's look, take a look real quick at some of the ads in the issue. Starting with the inside front cover, with uh, which is a TCR Total Control Racing, which is basically one of your slot, slotless track. But uh, yeah, you put the car, put cars together, and they race. Uh, let's see. Then, of course, uh, next up is the Crossman airgun right, air gun ad again, except this time the gun is flipped in the ad page. Next is two is a half-page ad for the something new is happening in the Flash. Something different. Something exciting. Flash's whole world begins to crumble, and Barry Allen's life takes some surprising turns in the issues to come. And, of course, uh, we read this in the Daily Planet issue or the Daily Planet page last issue, but uh, Ross Andrews taking over editorial ships, so that makes sense for the changes. Uh, the one it shows two different issues of the Flash. One of them is 270, I think, uh, which is on sale now, uh, featuring Superman or Superman featuring the Flash up against this clown guy, and <laughs> and the next page, um, apparently Flash and Iris West 
or Iris Allen probably by this point, are getting ready to go out for some kind of performance. And Barry's kind of got rocks embedded in his body. Um, yeah, and he wonders how he's going to explain that to her. It could be a problem. Looks cool, though. I like it. Uh, and then the bottom half is the info from last issue about the second Superman movie contest, letting you know about what you could win and all that stuff. Uh, basically, it's the same ad. They just shrunk it down. Uh, next is the Hostess ad, which is the Penguins on Parade, which we did last dis episode, so I won't do that again. Uh, next is a full-page ad for... Now, twice the excitement, Detective Comics starring the entire Batman family, featuring Batman by Jim Starlin and Craig P. Russell. Or P. Craig Russell? Craig, anyway, Russell. Plus bonus features, The Demon by Lynn Ween and Michael Golden, and Batmite's New York Adventure. This issue is on sale now. And coming soon, our 40th anniversary. Batman returns to Crime Alley. Will it leave it a crime fighter? Or a killer. Plus bonus features, the demon and the human target. And that's on sale mid-January, so that's the next issue. That's actually kind of cool looking. Uh, and then if, to show off some of the stuff that's in it, they actually have, it's actually a sideways T-bar that basically shows, it gives you the headshots of the characters that are in it, except for Batman, who gets a full body shot. But you got Batman, a headshot of Robin, Batgirl, Man Bat, Alfred, Commissioner Gordon, Bruce Wayne, Human Target, and the Demon. And the Demon's the only one that does not appear to have any Dick Giordano artwork on it. Well, it might. It's just hard to tell. I mean, the demon doesn't look like a normal human, so... Uh, next is a half-Slim Jim, half-Grit ad. Next! The Super Year is here. 1979. As Superman flies through the, the year on the calendar, flying all the way from 1938 to 1948 to 58 to 68 to 78, now 79. And... Let's see, what kind of stuff can you see right now? There's Superman, there's super solo adventures of Superman in both Superman and action comics. Super specials, such as Superman number one famous first edition tabloid special, plus the Superman the movie tabloid special, which I own. Thank you, Mile High Comics. Uh, then Super Team Spectaculars, where they show you the cover of the current issue of uh, DC Comics Presents, Justice League of America, World's Finest, and Super Friends, which I'll be going over in a little bit. And that's not all. The World's Greatest Superheroes comic strip, starring Superman and the other DC superstars, appears in numerous newspapers. If your local paper isn't one of them, ask the publisher to run it. So Superman is literally all over the place just in time for his movie to come out. That's actually cool. The next is a full-page ad for DC's Dollar Comics. They're the best buy in comics. Now you can receive the most exciting comics in the world right in your own mailbox. With World's Finest Comics, Detective Comics, and G.I. Combat, plus Adventure Comics, Unexpected, and Superman Family. Which, they actually use the logos for those three for some reason. Oh, because the other three, they actually have images of their of the latest issue cover, which of course has the logos. And because they're dollar comics, they, the covers, they, they have no ads. So you, there's no ads. So therefore the back cover, there is either a secondary cover or it's part of the wraparound cover, like in the case of world's finest, which looks like it's got a Gemma Paro cover. 
So he actually ends up drawing, on the back part anyway, Captain Marvel, Black Canary, Green Arrow, and the Creeper. I would say that probably looks pretty cool. Uh, next is a hodgepodge ad. Next, another hodgepodge ad. Super Games and Gimmicks. Oh, the D2B. Uh, then a half-page ad for being a draftsman and a half-page ad for strong arms. Then a half-page ad for hodgepodge stuff and a, hodge, a half-page ad for the superhero stick-ons, which is an ad that basically started like early 70s. They're probably, they're more expensive now. Ah, uh, yes, copyright DC Comics from 1974. And they've got, and I think I've covered, I talked about that, Im that image before. It's classic, it looks like... Uh, Neil Adams' Green Arrow, Neil Adams' Batman running, but possibly a Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson, or at least Kurt Swan version of Batman and Robin standing next to each other, and a Kurt Swan, Murphy Anderson Superman taking off, and a Super, Kurt Swan, uh, and a Kurt Swan, Murphy Anderson version of Superman breaking a chain. Uh, I'm guessing it's a it's a Joe Kubert Hawkman flying, but I couldn't tell you because it's super small. Uh, it's definitely a Gil Kane Green Lantern running at you. I'm not sure who drew that is that image of Aquaman swimming, but it could very well have been Kurt Swan also because it does not look like Jim Aparo nor Nick Carty. Uh, Wonder Woman, who I can't tell because all you can see are her boots, but don't know who drew that one. And then Supergirl and her earlier part of the 70s costume where it's basically the hot pants and the and the shirt with the fluffy sleeves but she's wearing the ballet slippers instead of the full-on super boots don't know who drew that one either but yeah it's the same stickers in fact the flash running at you looks like maybe just murphy anderson but looks more like swan and anderson maybe infantino and anderson i don't know hell that uh Aquaman could be Murphy Anderson. How that I think about it? Hard to tell. But it's the same stickers from back then. Uh, the Superman letters page. Nothing really important to say about um, the letters, but um, we have question number 21 from the second great Superman movie contest. And this time, the question revolves... Well, it says Pa Kent, and on the left side we have an image of Pa Kent with a giant hat, and on the other side of the question we have Glenn, a black and white image of Glenn Ford as Pa Kent. The question, according to the Superman television program of the 1950s, the names of the couple who adopted the Man of Steel as a baby were A. Eben and Sarah Kent, B. Jonathan and Martha Kent, C. Eben and Martha Kent, or D, Jake and Flora Kent? I, don't, uh, I know the answer, but I'm not going to reveal it. But you can feel free to tell me what you think the answer is. About. You just know that I won't be able to send you anything. But you know, if you want to brag to people that you know the answer, come on. Uh, next page is the Daily Planet page. Uh, the main story is Ambush. Jonah Hex faces a desert death. And, uh, yeah, he's being attacked by a Native American. Doesn't look good. Uh, Gravedigger battles in North Africa. Uh, yes, the hero known as the Gravedigger is on the trail of the Courier of Death. And these two issues go on sale in December. Uh, there's Direct Currents telling us about several different comics coming out the following week. 
uh, or actually two weeks from in two weeks, including the next issue of Batman. Uh, let's see, and then the Answer Man has to answer some questions. And the Hembeck strip. Uh, well, I guess I don't. I can read it to you. This one, I guess. Let's see. <clears throat> see if I can kind of get the Super Friends voice. Batman, Superman, The Flash, all of my JL, JLA pals have such classy names. Green Lantern. When you think about it, it sounds kind of silly. Oh well, I suppose it could be worse. Thank Oa, I'm not the green flashlight. <laughs> anyway, uh, next is a 100-piece Toy Soldier set ad. Then, super scale models from Monogram, including the B-29 Super Fortress. And several others. And then the back cover is the Lego Expert Builder set ad. Again. So, yeah. This one has writing on it because of whoever had it before me. That's fantastic. Thank you, guys. All right. So, let's look now over at Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics. And check out what other books were on sale this month. First up, Batman number 308. There will be a cold time in the old town tonight. And I bet you can't guess who the villain would be in this issue if it's something with cold. Yeah. yeah no, 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 not Captain Cold. No. Not Killer Frost. She's not made yet. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Freeze. Good job. Yes, and somehow freezing people causes him to control them now, somehow. So he apparently does that to Batman on this cover by Jim Aparo that looks very nice. DC Comics presents number six, The Fantastic Fall of Green Lanterns. Superman teams up with Green Lantern, as we know from last issue, dealing with Star Sapphire. And apparently uh, Green Lantern kind of quits and says, Hey, Clark, you've got to take over now. That can't be good. Let's see. Detective Comics number 482. Batman in the Night of the Body Snatcher. I don't believe this is... In fact, I know this, this is not dealing with the Ultra Humanite, but he is up against a white gorilla that talks and it's a uh, literally body snatching it's a body switch plot by an old old man who wants a younger body i've read that one uh batgirl has a deal with a quick death in china the demon has to find the eternity book uh batmite has a new york adventure and robin deals with the league of crime Uh, let's see, The Flash, A Fast Way to Die, which, like I mentioned last issue, or last episode, is in fact drawn by Rich Buckler and Dick Giordano, so I was right. But this is the cover with Flash going up against this clown character. Uh, we see him in front of a car that's exploding, uh, a pie in the face, and one of them, it looks like he's vibrating through a wall that has a bunch of little missiles being shot at it. Which might explain the pro the reason for the rocks in his body in the next issue, maybe. Hmm. Uh, Justice League of America, number 163. Warning, plug your ears. Those who hear the music of madness, die. In this story titled, Concert of the Damned. 
kind of cool. Uh, let's see. World's Finest has four full-length features. Superman and Batman team up in a story entitled Thou Shalt Have No Other Batman Before Me, in which looks like Superman is being destroyed by some kind of a living bat god, and Batman is knocked aside by the quote-unquote original bat-man, which is basically wearing a takeoff on Batman's costume, but you know, it looks a little different, obviously. It, I don't know what that has to do with anything. Because even they're like, who was this original Batman? And while it is drawn by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, it's also written by Bob Haney. So who knows who this original Batman is? It could definitely be an actual alien, for all I know. Uh, Green Arrow is in a story titled Nothing But a Man. Creeper, Furious Fran and the Dragon Lady. And Captain Marvel is in a story entitled Dream Dancer. Superman's Secret Afterlife is the title of the story in Action Comics number 492, which is an imaginary story from in the future. The place, Superman's home. The occasion, his birthday. The surprise guest, death. And yeah, he goes into his home. His wife and children are dying, and he appears to have caused it. I want to say that he's married to Lana here, or just a red-headed Kryptonian. But his wife is a redhead. His son looks like him, and his daughter looks like younger Lana. So, I'm wondering if it is Lana, which would be really ironic, considering what just happened in the issue of Superman from this month. Hmm. Batman, Bra uh, the Brave and the Bold, starring Batman and, at last, the team you've been begging to see, Batman and... Supergirl. And this is a weird cover because not much happens other than Batman swinging in, Supergirl is busting through a brick, through some kind of a rock wall. And there's a few things that are going on here that look weird on a Jim Aparo cover. Number one, it's got a superpowered character because I'm not used to that. Uh, Supergirl looks okay. Uh, Batman is smiling. That looks weird. Yeah, he's at a weird angle for his swing, too. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Green Lantern number 113, That They f May Fear No More, which has a beautiful Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, cover featuring Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and Black Canary trying to stop a lava flow down a mountain down a snowy mountain. Green Lantern's flying, but he's used his power ring to whip up some uh, ski constructs so that Green Arrow and Black Canary can get down the mountain faster, rather than, oh, I don't know, picking them up, but whatever. Where would the drama be without that, right? No drama. Super Friends number 17, Trapped in Two Times. Uh, and this time, Aquaman is on the cover and is being useless. There's a sea monster coming up from the water. And Aquaman just says, do something, Superman. Stop that ocean monster. And Superman says, no use, Aquaman. I can't punch out a creature made of water. As Zan and Gleek run and hide. Now, I'm sorry, but... Shouldn't Aquaman be able to do something against an ocean monster? Maybe there's a reason for it inside, but 
Uh, yeah. Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, number 248, Beneath the Street Lurks Death. According to the cover, Shadowlass is dead, and Monel is going to make sure that Sunboy pays for her death. So that's interesting. And finally, Wonder Woman number 252. The cover answers the question of who won between Diana and the new Wonder Woman last issue because it's the normal Wonder Woman we've come to know and love on the cover of this issue up against the Empress of the Silver Snake who's decided that um, Wonder Woman's evil and therefore her soul must be burned from her body. That... Yeah, that can't go well. And that's going to do it for this month and for this episode of Superman in the Bronze Age. Thank you again for listening. Please make sure to check out the website at supermaninthebronzeage.com for links to other shows I've been on or uh, show notes. And please make sure you join us again next week when we take a look at the return of Bizarro in Superman number 333. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Superman in the Bronze Age, hosted by Charlie Niemeyer. Show notes can be found at www.supermaninthebronzeage.com, as well as links to the RSS and iTunes feeds and more. Also, we have a Facebook fan page where you'll get a little notice whenever a new episode is posted. Feel free to like us there. Want to comment on the episode you just heard? Email the show at superbronze1970 at gmail.com. Superman in the Bronze Age is a proud member of both the Superman Podcast Network at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com and the Comics Podcast Network at www.comicspodcasts.com. Make sure to check out both sites for more great podcasts. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. Thank you again for listening, and God bless. to our show on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Blackberry, or Palm phones. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio.